Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, with Ray Zander, your guide, coach, and best gal pal. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of Everyday Attraction. My name is Ray Zander. I will be your vibrational host for this hour, where we like to sit on the metaphysical porch and talk about the laws that govern the very consciousness that we experience. We like to break it apart, kick it around, make it every day. We love to redefine what we know so that it can become empowering for our day-to-day lives. Because here's the big no, we came here for fun. I know it looks like we came here for something more, but we really, really came here for fun, expansion, for the opportunity to know ourselves more deeply. And so this week, our focus is really on understanding the word of the world of action versus the world of alignment and action from alignment. We're going to break up what it feels like to be in the world doing and what it feels like to be in the world as a being inspired to move, inspired to speak, inspired to act. And to help me break it all down for you, I have my favorite my favorite vibrational co-pilot. <laughs> I like that. Vibrational co-pilot. A new title. <laughs> Janice Campbell is on the line with me. She is, as many of you know, one of my favorite people to have on Everyday Attraction. She is really a heart part of this show. And uh, Janice is also the author of the book, Receive Your Life, receiveyourlife.com. And she is a host of her own show on Unity FM. Yay, Unity FM. <laughs> Shout out to our loves there. Um, her show is actually on every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific. That's right, Janice, 9 a.m. Pacific yes. time if you ever want to catch her show. But in the meantime, we have her here to ourselves for the next hour. <laughs> so, Janice, um, what I really have been experiencing, you know, with the the sort of latest, greatest information from Abraham and, and the Esther Hicks crowd um, is that we're working too hard, mm-hmm. you know, that we're really trying to get into the world of effects and control and that what happens is not only is life harder, but we also have, you know, the sort of damage that comes from the stress about trying to control the uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my life, I'm actually 
stepping back from my to-do list and getting into a to-be list, which is a moment-to-moment inspiration. And I was just wanted to talk about, you know, what's up with the to-do list and sort of this thing that we've gotten into about having, you know, this outside list that is driving us as to what we should be doing moment to moment. What do, do you use to-do lists anymore? Where you? <laughs> well, I was thinking of something you said earlier that when we, we create this, we have, there's damage from the stress. But then I was thinking too, it's not just damage from the stress. Well, maybe this is connected, but it's like it takes so much work to clean up all this stuff that really wasn't ours to do in the first place. Ah. So it's like we create so much work for ourselves. No wonder we're so busy. (laughs) And then it can tie into the to-do list where where there's so many pieces that we're trying to manage. And I think when we really get to that, you know, we live live from inspiration. There's like a a built-in internal filtering system where what pops out of that is just ours to do but when we're not coming from that place and we're trying to like you say manage and control the physical plane it's just there's just too many things for one person to juggle so no wonder we need these complicated lists and time schedules like it makes sense that we would need these huge to-do lists if we're living from that place that makes sense Janice your your mic is coming in and out a little bit can if, if, can you focus on the mic a little bit um, more? Is that better? I moved it up yes. a bit. Okay. Because I want to, I want to capture everything that you're saying because I think it's so, so important and so valid in our day to day lives. This idea of what is not ours to do, yes. and I want to kind of break that up into two segments. There's stuff that it's really other people's places to do that and not mm-hmm. ours, but then there's all this stuff that really source energy is here to do for us, and mm-hmm. we're really not leveraging, as Abraham talks about, the power of the universe that is, surrounds us in a vibrational sense and all the angels and guides and rendezvous points and all the stuff that the universe is really prompted. It's almost like we miss out on not only allowing people to do what's theirs to do, we also miss out on this like consortium of support as right. we get out there and try to build the railroad ourselves. You know? <laughs> well, I always, what helps me get back on track too is when I look at the, the things that have been created in my life that are the most satisfying, I say, or the most that I feel really great about, I could see how I couldn't have created that. You know what I mean? I couldn't have, like, put all the pieces together to have that happen, like meeting my husband at the exact perfect time. And it was impossible. So in a way, we do have to let go. Like, and then I look at the things that, you know, when I created things from a fearful place, usually those had to be undone and reworked. And <laughs> <laughs> those relationships had to be demanifested. Yeah, like, yes, but it's kind of making that connection that there is something else going on and it's not it's not really anything that is up to us to do. And then to get clarity on what is our part. Obviously, we do have a part to play in it. Right. And and let's get back to the body, which I always think is a good place to go um, when we start to figure out, well, what is ours to do? Mm -hmm. You know, how do we discern from a spiritual perspective, if we know that life is not supposed to be hard, that actually that the universe is knocking itself out to give us that which we have asked, which is the whole premise of the law of attraction. We have asked, the universe has said yes, it never says anything but yes, and now we have to allow in the orchestration of that yes. You know, how do you know on a day-to-day basis what your what is yours to do? What does that feel like in your body? In my body? Or in your mind? 
Oh, my mind. Well, I was thinking, you know, I kind of think of the body. When you first started off with the body, I was thinking of the whole, you know, like, we, we would, ne- you know, how does our heart pump? How does our blood, like, we would never know how to do all those things, <laughs> you know, so then our part with the body is really so small. But, you know, it kind of reminds me of, um, tell me if I'm off base with this question, but it, it reminds me of gardening, where we think, like, oh, my God, I grew all these great, you know, aren't I so wonderful? I grew all these great vegetables and fruits. But when you look at it, our job is so small. You know, we dig the hole, we stick it in. <laughs> yeah, we have to remember to water, possibly fertilize. But when you think of the magnificence of how this is being created, we can never grow plants. Exactly. I love that analogy. I think it's exactly on target because we know what is ours to do in the sense that we are focused on the kind of, of plant that we want. We focus mm-hmm. on the idea of the result of it. We do some action, some action that is rudimentary in its alignment. You know, we make our bed, so to speak. We, we mm-hmm. put the plant in the ground. We cover it up and we remember to go back and water it. I think there is, I mean, I think our job is really a lot smaller than we realize because what I'm hearing from Jerry and Esther over and over again is that the miraculous things that happen to them, the things that just knock their socks off, the things that could never, like you said, be orchestrated by any one being mm-hmm. are really things that that come up when they're having a good time when they're doing the things that they love to do but it really bumps up against this momentum and this um, false premise that we have all at some level been given that you have to work hard that it's supposed to be difficult that if you're not suffering at some point you're really not working um, to the fullest extent it, it really and for me it's been hard to unplug that the most productive thing I can do is get in alignment on a spiritual level and then act from there because I'm I'm really now going to watch the universe grow those plants, and I'm just going to reap the benefits. I'm just going to be mm-hmm. here to sow what I have seeded. Yes. Yeah. I think it reminds me of Dr. Phil, you know, when he says, how's that working for you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of, I think it's important to to have awareness and to pay attention and and notice, okay, when I work really hard at something, how does it feel? Is it really, at the end of the day, is it, are the results that get created from that place, are they worth it? I mean, it's kind of making the connection because our mind will tell us, we'll listen to the beliefs. Okay, if you work really hard, if you do this, you know, these rules. But yet when you actually look into your life, well, does that, is that how it's, does it work that way for me? I don't know because it seems like when I stay in a good place and I have fun thinking about things or it tends to show up. You know, yeah. only then can we really take that step of faith when we've learned to trust it. You because know, otherwise it's a scary proposition. You know, you mean don't work hard. My world will fall apart. I'm not going to do that. It's like the trapeze. You know, I'm not going to let go. We're not going to let go if we don't know we have another bar to reach for. But when we have that other bar, which knows that there's this energy that is supporting us all the time, that we will never be dropped, we could start to trust it and let go a little bit. And, you know, I think the energy around that is, you know, that feeling sometimes when someone first tells you, we'll just do what feels good. And you talk a lot about, you know, do what pulls you and not mm-hmm. what you feel is a push. The push pulls, which I just love that analogy. Do what pulls you. I think there is um, a part of us that says, yeah, but at any moment, mm-hmm. you know, the other shoe's going to drop and the, we're really going to get into trouble. I mean, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, like it's, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, years and years ago, I was teaching class. This was so long ago, and this guy was telling me about how he met this person who lived um, – 
who live their life guided by spirit every moment of every day. And I remember at the time thinking like, oh, my God, can you imagine? That would be so fabulous. Like it was so hard for me to even imagine that. And now I can't really imagine going back and not – I can't imagine not doing that. I mean, sure, I'm not saying I do it all the time. But it's just – it gets to be such a natural way of living that there's no way you could go back to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think same way when I used to be a CPA, I had to study, you know, Journal of Taxation. And, and then this, my girlfriend and I, we discovered these spiritual books. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, I was like inhaling them. I was so excited. And it was so much fun. But I always felt like I should be reading the accounting and the taxation. And then I said, can you imagine if this was your life, if you could just read spiritual books all day and this was your work? Like, can you even imagine? It just seemed like so impossible. And now I can never imagine going back to being a CPA. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, oh, well, my work today is to listen to some Abraham. Oh, okay, I think I could do that. <laughs> and isn't that wonderful that that which pulls you and that which is yours to do is the most prosperous? And we're talking right. money. We're not just talking about, oh, isn't life feeling I'm good? I'm happy that I'm poor, you know. <laughs> right, which is that other kind of false premise. Yeah. Well, it's what they say with receive your life, too, is your prosperity is in your purpose. Your purpose is your prosperity because our prosperity is in that connection to who we are. It's not, our prosperity cannot be located living a life of shoulds. It just, it doesn't live outside of our connection. So, and we're given, fortunately we have these built-in systems that we're given this guidance every moment of every day, over here, over here. <laughs> you know, exactly. I, recently there's, there was an Oprah episode where they focused on this movie, I Am which is a Tom Shadiak story. If anyone has seen the movie or are thinking about going to see it, I highly, highly recommend it. But they now have shown that there's actual scientific proof that when you cut the heart off, when you don't do which that which the heart desires, that the the body suffers, that there is actual evidence that the cells of the body don't function fully when the heart is not engaged. Mm. And they're finding out now some of the most fascinating scientific information, uh, the Heart Math Institute, where they're seeing that the heart is actually giving more information to the brain than the brain to the heart. And I know many of you listening to this broadcast are very familiar with the Heart Math Institute and the noetic sciences, but I love bringing the hard science into the spiritual knowing because they both fit together so nicely and so fully. So the premise is from, you know, this documentary, I Am, that it's not just fun and feels good to follow your heart. Mm -hmm. It's actually the way that you give yourself longevity. It's the way that you keep yourself alive and fully engaged. And it's like we have to give ourselves permission to go to that heart space and go say, yes, I can act on these desires and I'm not going to worry or give concern to that which other people think I should be doing. Right. Well, even too, I've read where happier people make more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, have higher incomes. But, it, you know, it makes sense. I think it gets back to the whole giving and receiving flow that if we're not happy or we're resentful or we're withholding our true self, we're constricted. And it's constricting our giving and receiving flow. And when we're feeling joyful and able to give from that place without holding back, our giving and receiving flow is expanded. Exactly. So what we're saying here today is that to drop into your to be, 
your actual beingness from a day-to-day basis and act from inspiration, that which is guiding you and feeling good and ideas are popping in. And I, I actually want to say that if it's important, you will know what to do in the moment, that you are guided moment by moment by moment as to what is the next most appropriate thing. And if you're worried about production and value of production, let me tell you, there is nothing more productive than to get into a space where you are centered, aligned, and working off of the inspiration that happens moment to moment. And someone had said to me once, if you're focused on your to-do list, you're just simply going to be who you were yesterday. (laughs) It's not an opportunity to become who uh-huh. you are today. Yeah. Well, there's and no room. <laughs> there's no room. There's too much to do. And I love, you know, this concept of the universal manager that Abraham has introduced to us so beautifully that indeed they are saying that we are um, sometimes not engaging the full help of the universe. And as I love to say, they have everyone's number. They know who to call to get what you need. Uh, and this whole idea that there is that which you are compelled to do and that which you give to the universe to orchestrate and how many of us have experienced this where we had all this stuff to do we had no clue how to get it done and then a phone call came in a package arrived and it all got taken care of and you know that only has to happen to you a couple times and you're done you're like i'm never going back (laughs) controlling my mother controlling my circumstances Oh, I wish it only took a couple times to get that. <laughs> that would be so lovely. We sometimes go back. Only see, I had some experiences last week where I went back and tried to fiddle with the universe, tried to make some stuff happen. <laughs> One but, thing that I've been noticing a lot lately is um, when, when they talk about, Esther talks about when you're overwhelmed, you're out of the vortex. So it, it kind of also doesn't even matter how many things there are to do. That when we're in that good space... It's, it all kind of gets done, and we're happy to do it, and it doesn't feel like a chore. But when we're overwhelmed and coming from scarcity and out of the vortex, it's like, oh, my God. It's a completely different experience. So it's not so much even the items that we're doing in our life, but where we're coming from. Absolutely. And, doing a- you know, and it really is a good indicator, that feeling of overwhelm. That is a really great flag on the play that you need to stop, drop, and listen. <laughs> Stop, drop in, and listen to what's actually being asked of you and what is not being asked of you. And it really is, uh, you know, a turn off the TV, uh, let's get quiet for a moment and recalibrate what I am wanting, who I am wanting to be. And it is in that moment that everything shifts, and it really is only a slight calibration shift of our focus where we can let go of overwhelm. But it really does require our attention to detail. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about the nitty-gritty details of what it means to be inspired by the universe and to allow the quote-unquote miracles of your life to drop in because they're waiting. You're listening to Everyday Attraction. We are live on 12radio.com every Thursday at noon Pacific, and then we rebroadcast on Unity FM, 10 o'clock, uh, AM Pacific Standard Time on Unity.fm on Fridays. So we love you and we'll be right back. Stay tuned.
As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Even if you're a seasoned spiritual student, even if you've been on a spiritual journey for a long time, how's your life working? Knowing spiritual principles isn't enough. We have to practice them every day. Join Rev. Ellen Debenport and co-host Laura Shepard on Absolute Living as they talk each week about putting principles into action in every decision we make. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus took time for prayer, contemplation, and conversation with God. This example of Jesus struggling to accept the path before him has inspired humanity through the ages. Just as Jesus prepared himself for his final ordeal and ultimate triumph, I prepare myself for challenges with prayer. I affirm the aspects of my personal and spiritual nature that I want to express more fully. At the same time, I am fearless in examining the ways I do not yet apply those qualities in daily life. By staying prayed up, I make wise choices in all that I think, say, and do. Every challenge becomes an opportunity for new growth and transformation. And every blessing becomes a lesson in the power of prayer. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word digital magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. We now return to Everyday Attraction and the Metaphysical Porch with your spiritual neighbor, Ray Zander. Have a sit, get something to sip, and let's get real. Spiritual. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Attraction. What we're talking about today is how to more fully utilize the powers of the universe to get happy, stop working so hard, and actually see the things that you are wanting manifest in your life. We really have been working too hard, and our wonderful teachers, Abraham, have been, Abraham have been so clear in telling us that truly, truly, everything that we have asked for has been delivered in the vibrational vortex. It is waiting for us to attune to it, to allow it. And when we get disconnected from our knowing, from that power, and we start trying to knock things out in action, and we start trying to be competitive and beat the door down and, you know, make all those cold calls. Oh, there's a reason they're cold. (laughs) Because we are really trying to work outside of the flow, the cooperation of the universe. And I was mentioning before the break 
um, this movie, I Am, which is a documentary by Tom Shadiak, who's a famous director. He did the Ace Ventura movies and Liar Liar and was a multi-multi-millionaire in Hollywood and, and kind of went on a spiritual path. But what one of the things that he talks about in the film was this idea that we're discovering, science is discovering that the, the very core of nature is cooperative, that when we see birds in flight and they are moving in this cohesive flock and when we see schools of fish moving in this beautiful cohesive flow it's because they are communicating on a cooperative level and that we have been um, misinformed of that that human beings and nature is overtly competitive um, that there is really a, a, a mutual benefit to the individual and to the whole to be in this cooperative mode that all is actually working for you. And, and I just, it kind of sparked my imagination too that this idea that, that competition is something that we've made up and that mm-hmm. we then therefore have seen it manifest. Right. And as we've seen in our recent financial <laughs> crisis, there's something wrong. <laughs> you know, Ray, you know, have you ever heard of Wallace Waddles? He's a, yes. um, a new thought writer from a long time ago, but he wrote this great book, The Science of Getting Rich. In fact, you can download it on the Internet for free just about everywhere. But he is really big on that, is that there is no competition. And a lot of times that's one of the biggest obstructions to building a successful business or building Wealth is this idea that we have to compete, like there's a winner and a loser that we have to compete against each other. But it kind of makes sense, though. It kind of reminds me of that getting, again, into that scarcity model. When we think that there's only a finite amount of something and then we have to compete for that, we're, wa- we're looking through um, – working with a false premise. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're looking through an inaccurate lens where it's just not true. And when we're thinking that that's what we're dealing with, we, nothing really, we can't really get what we want from working with pieces that aren't really designed to deliver. Exactly. And I think there's also this false premise that somehow um, we're overtly greedy in our need to accumulate and have more and more and more. And I like this idea that once you get what you need, if you are in alignment I'm surprised at how little I actually need to be happy. You know? oh, I love, it's, it's so true. I think it's kind of the opposite. Where, um, And I think it's, it's also that realization of knowing we already have what we want. I mean, I know it's such a cliche. Well, I don't have the house, and I don't have the spouse, and I don't have – but we kind of already have the essence of what we want. And when we realize that, sure, we may manifest it on the outer plane, but it's like icing on the cake. Because it's already that that feeling of being satiated is already there. We can feel it. So what you're saying is when we get into the feeling of being enough, Mm -hmm. then the house and the spouse can come. When we don't have the feeling of being enough and we're out there in the to-do world and we're on 17 dating sites and we're pushing, pushing, pushing for the real estate agent to make the right, you know, and we're out there sort of batting around, uh, we actually can't get there from there because all we're going to be getting, because we know that the law of attraction is subtle and detailed and never squirrely, if you are out there from a feeling of not enough, Anything is never going to satisfy it. And then when you do feel like you are enough, then like you said, when the stuff manifests, you're like, oh, this is good. It's not mm-hmm. like you don't get the stuff. It's not mm-hmm. like, okay, you're going to be a Zen monk and you're just going to, you know, meditate on the mountain all right. day. And you have it's to so- compromise. It's not about compromising. It's the opposite. But then the stuff becomes something that you can really enjoy, mm-hmm. not something that you have to keep 
fighting over and getting more and more and more. It's like it can't be satisfied. Or being afraid that what you do have is going to go away. Oh, oh, I just got lucky. Or, oh, this is, this, this is not going to last. Or, you know, my business is doing well right now. Well, it can't last forever. It's like there's the fear which kicks it, you know, kicks us right out again. And there is this constant dis-ease, you know, and, mm-hmm. and of course that lovely word comes right into what we know is disease, is this idea that um, when we are outside of ease and flow, which we're now is not only showing up around us as planet Earth, as Mother Earth, the ease and flow and the natural order, um, you know, when we get out there and, and work outside of that, it's no wonder that the body can't sustain it for very long. And now they're coming up with the fact that stress is really the core of everything that we're seeing on the physical ailment side. And what is stress? I mean, really what I think stress is is when you are outside of alignment thinking you have to get it done or it won't happen and you will die, suffer, not be enough, etc. Mm-hmm. And all of this is kind of playing itself out on a daily basis. Where this idea of really tapping into the knowing that all is well, that all works out for me, that when I see the completion in my mind's eye, it is just a matter of time before it shows itself in the physical world. When you start to like beat this other drum, this mm-hmm. other mantra of knowing, it's fascinating how quickly the physical world can shift. Right. And it's also how fa- it's fascinating how quickly the other part starts to look ridiculous you know it's like the stress or you know when you think about the belief that the more we do or the more we accomplish the more valuable we are you know like we have it wired in such a way that it it doesn't support like I say it doesn't support health it doesn't support relationships it doesn't support um prosperity but yet we're running around like it actually works that way like, well, exactly. if I just get more, and if I just work harder, and if I just do this and this and this, then my life will be great. But it, it's like we're being duped. It's like there's no cheese at the end of that tunnel. <laughs> As you always say, that's a booby prize. Because- it is a total booby prize. <laughs> and yet we work so hard for our booby prizes. <laughs> but it makes sense we do that when we don't know there's another way, when we don't know that we really can live a life of ease and flow and survive. You know, and I mean, that's why it's so important to keep hearing these principles and practicing them ourselves. So we have the experience of the results that come from living from that place. I mean, I know you talk about to-do lists. One thing I've been doing lately is what's, you know, like Abraham keeps saying, the most important thing is that you feel good. The most important thing is that you feel good. I'm like, okay, so if that's the most important thing, then I have to feel really good every day about what I do and who I am. And so I'm making really short to-do list or reminders, but, but they're easy for me to accomplish them. They're easy. They're, they're things I can do. They're things that I'm going to do anyway, and then I feel good. So it's like, okay. And <laughs> you then know, all as the opposed to having 20 in. items, yeah. it's like when we set ourselves up. I remember when the kids were little, I used to say, oh, my God, I have like 15 slots and 20 puzzle pieces. Like every day, every day was a setup to not work because I had too many things. You know what I mean? The puzzle pieces just didn't fit. It was impossible. But sometimes we set ourselves up like that every day where we're set up to lose instead of setting ourselves up to win. Absolutely. And to be in a position of of inspiration, to prepare your mind, body to be inspired is really a daily 
uh, it's a daily discipline. It's a daily, I want to say, art form. It's a pleasure to do, but I also am understanding that if I want to be the most productive that I can be, because what we're not talking about here is being lazy. We're not talking about, oh, forget it. You don't have to do anything. You sit back. We're really not talking about being lazy because we love action. We do exactly. love to get out there and mess yes. with the physical universe and have relationships. And But what and we're talking about. That's being productive. It feels good. Love being productive. Yeah, fun. And and I know that that is where prosperity flows in that productiveness. But I find it's really interesting that what I want to do is sort of prepare my field of consciousness to be inspired because I find that when I'm inspired, it's the exact thing that needs to get done to kind of push the domino where everything else that needs to happen comes into place. It's like all I do is push the one domino and then everything else goes kind of zipping along from there. So what I want to do every day, and, you know, we're all in both worlds. We're in the spiritual world. We're in the physical world. So whether you have a corporate job or you are working for yourself, that idea of being available to be inspired, yes. I think it's so important. And if you're off, you've got, a, like you said, 25 puzzle pieces and room for 15, there's no room for there, any space to be inspired. Yeah, and it does take space. But you know, when you talk about being inspired, I think it's it's really it's so important because it's such it's so individual. Like what inspires one person may not inspire another person. So I think it's really learning how to listen to our life and giving ourselves what we want and need. Like I need this. Like every day, it's really important for me to get up at this time, or it's important for me. I notice my life flows better when I. Do the dishes first. That's not mine, but whatever, you know. <laughs> but whatever it was, it's like there's there's pieces that we know about ourselves now. We know, like, wow, it, that really works for me when Absolutely. I take care of myself. That really works. Or if I have a good lunch, I'm in a good space. Or, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. I'm taking care of myself. Well, just the very word inspired is in spirit. And mm-hmm. each of us is an individualized you know, expression of that. So I don't think that there's anything that you could say, this is what you have to do to stay inspired. But it is this idea of giving yourself space Mm -hmm. to listen, to drop in and not have the day be packed with so much outside stimuli that we don't even know what we're feeling. We don't even know. We don't even know that we're not inspired until like 10 years later. (laughs) It's almost like we end up by living someone else's life. It's like, this is not even my life. You know, (laughs) why am I doing this? It's like we could have lives that are completely filled that we don't even recognize as being part of us. Talk about just going through the to-do motions, you know, because someday we're going to get a reward. And it can really happen that way. And and I've heard people talk about that where they, you know, this isn't, this isn't my beautiful life. This isn't my beautiful life. What have I done? You know, but but the exciting part about the leveraging of the source of universe, no matter how far you've gone down that rabbit hole, no matter how far you've gone down in creating somebody that you don't want to be. The exciting part is that there's no time wasted in that once you get in alignment and start to allow yourself to be inspired, all of the components that want to pull you into that authenticity are there for you. Yes. And it isn't something that, okay, now I've got to go create my real life. No, that's just right. more to do. That's it's like our real life just waiting for us. Okay, whenever you're ready to turn this way. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Not going anywhere. Everything you want's right here. Take your time. <laughs> And, you know, really, I want to talk, too, about the fact that this is very effective to be in the world like this. I mean, when Power, we hear, it's powerful. 
effective powerful. and powerful, powerful meaning that things get completed, built, accomplished. You know, I love the, the word powerful is able to, like able to as opposed to not able to. You know, powerless is like we're not able to do something, but powerful is like traction. It is. Fun. It is. <laughs> and, you know, and it's really that idea that when we are uh, available for inspiration and we're firing on all jets, that we're able then to know what decision is the right decision and we're not making pro and con lists. We're not frustrated. I mean, a lot of times if we are struggling mentally with what to do, not to do, go, leave, blah, 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 we're, we're kind of now have lost, lost the momentum of the vortex. I mean, I'd like to use sports analogies too because. Because when you see a player who's in the zone, which is another word for the vortex, they don't even know how they're doing it. Right? It's doing them. <laughs> it's doing them, you know. And nothing more fun than to, you know, jump up in the air and have a three-pointer come without you really having to uh, think too much. But there is a certain practice. Obviously, before they get in the zone, there is a practicing of allowing. There is a practicing of what it feels like to wait for the moment to actually do what you want to do. And and I think that the zone can be translated to your business, to your family life, to that sort of vortex of knowing that if you make a small moves, I, I like this idea, too, that Small moves have big impacts. You know, we talk uh, about the idea that a butterfly flaps its wings and it starts mm-hmm. a storm in Spain. Well, I do believe that in the quantum universe, it is about these sort of small repositioning, decision-making, changing how I feel. Because I know many people who are listening here say, hey, listen, i got to pay my taxes. You know, mm-hmm. I got it, and I know you <laughs> we just had this experience, <laughs> um, you know, you know, where, where we're like, uh, you know, um, I have to do this. So there is this idea that if you have to do it, find a way to feel better about it. Find right, a like way they say, to get in the vortex and then do your taxes. <laughs> get in the vortex and then feel good and then. So how was that experience for you? Because I know, Janice, you were working on um, on this the, week, the whole past week. week. I, yeah. I, Say it, it actually was really great because I just kept saying things like it was so much easier this year than last year because I put some new systems in place and I'm really excited about how I'm going to do it moving forward and and it was a game of just trying to figure out how can I make this right how can I make this fun as well as music and I remember years ago hearing some minister was saying how when he paid his bill he always played. And, you know, we always have this image of, you know, whatever you need to do to get in that good space. Right. And the last thing you need to do is be in a really bad mood and sit down and pay your bills. I I tell you, it's like the the worst idea to really do anything when you're in a bad space. Because you're going to do it anyway. It's kind of like anything. How am I going to do this? You know, and, yes. and a lot of times I could get to that place now where I'm just surrendering. Like I've, I've made a commitment to this. So how am I going to be about it? You know, it's. I already made the commitment, and I'm going to find a way to feel good about what I'm doing because there's always, like, um, they talk about this a lot, Abraham, is that you always have that choice. It's not so much what you're doing but where you're coming from. You get to choose exactly how you're going to see it because everything's perception anyway. And how you see it is then going to change how you bring in opportunities, how you bring in uh, ways of being with people and opportunities that come your way. I mean, we see this played out a lot of times and we don't realize this is sort of the law of attraction and action. 
um, especially when it comes like with money. I know we all have those people in our lives who like no matter how many jobs they do, they just can't seem to get ahead. And, you know, sometimes they've got three and four jobs and then they're not sleeping. And it's kind of like it's just a sort of horrible cycle of work, 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 work. And then you have people you know, like our friend Timothy Ferris, who comes out with the book, The Four-Hour Work Week. Mm-hmm. Right? He's mm-hmm. a multimillionaire, and he set up systems that he has to make just decisions every day that then have other people uh, bringing him prosperity, and he kind of understands that this, it's just like crazy, right, that this is happening on the same planet. <laughs> it's a great example of how we make up our own rules, and then we get to be right about them. So if we have the rules like life is so hard, you can never have enough money, you need many jobs to pay your bills versus you barely have to work. I mean, it's just we live in different – we get to choose the reality that we live in. So much fun. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Everyday Attraction on 1-2 Radio and Unity FM. And when we come back, Janice and I have been listening to the latest, greatest Abraham workshops. And we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite tracks that are going on and some interesting things that these energies are telling us about who we really are. So stay tuned. More fun ahead. Music speaks louder than Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your host, Dale Worley, is alive with the Spirit of God each Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music. It's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups, in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave the five principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because the five principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know, every day, in every decision. Just five principles, they cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. You've been listening to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. To learn more, become a fan of our Facebook page, search for Everyday Attraction, or email us at everydayattraction at unity.fm. Your comments and participation are sincerely welcomed. Welcome back. 
back. You are listening to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, and we love, love, love the teachings of Abraham. If you're not familiar, you can check out their website at abraham-hicks.com. Um, we sort of feel like these are some of the most leading-edge teachers on the planet today, giving us morsels of information about what's really going on in our universe, what's really happening beyond the world of sight and sound and touch that we know on our daily basis. And let me tell you, there's a lot going on <laughs> that we aren't seeing, and isn't it exciting? So, Janice, let's start with you. What some? Um, what are some of the same uh, favorite segments that you've heard this week that have really inspired you? Um, well, there was one, and the woman was, um, she was a painter, and her husband was helping her um, she work on her website and kind of get her work out there. And at first she said, she goes, it feels like the energy is finally beginning to move. And so then Esther cut her off. Oh, my God, you know, whenever you say finally, you're really slowing things down and you're adding resistance. You don't have to be doing that, you know. So then she got that. And it made me realize, because I'll do that, finally, finally. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a great reminder to just drop the word finally and also realize how important our speaking is because really what's behind our speaking and then the other part she was saying yeah it's just things are really working out for me she goes I just I just I want to know why that's happening and then she paused and she says I mean I'm not trying so hard yeah (laughs) it's just so funny because then it's okay that's it basically end of conversation Stop trying. Yes, that I thought that was so great because she answered her own questions so um, so easily. I love that. A couple of things, you know, the words that we use, that is so true. The word finally basically says I'm still kind of focused on the fact that it hadn't been here until now, and therefore I'm going to create more of this waiting. Um, and I'm also still, it feels, too, like there's still that element of resentment that I'm going to hold on to. Sure, it may be here, but it's like it's about time. I mean, I'm kind of pissed off about You know what I mean? I'm kind of upset about this. It's, sure, it's here, but it took a really long – you know, like that energy. We're not moving on to the new. We're kind of still dancing with the old. You know, and there's also that false premise that says that the universe is withholding. Right. You know, that we yeah. taught that somehow – About time you showed up. I've been waiting a half hour. <laughs> And they always said the time is really on your side in the sense that all you're looking for is a vibrational match and a feeling tone of saying yes to that, which you're wanting, and then the universe can match it. But, you know, it really isn't about I'm going to be good and wait and wait and wait and wait, because then you just create more opportunities for wait. It's such a subtleness, but when you feel it vibrationally, you know the difference between finally and, oh, yeah, I knew it was coming. You know, it's a very different vibrational stance. and. Um, also, this word trying, what have really been talking about trying a lot, that just to let go of trying, because trying has two things going on. One, the idea that you have to do everything and control circumstances, which is impossible. And the other word about trying is it isn't here yet, which is, a, which is they're saying it is here. It just mm-hmm. isn't in the way that you can translate it with your, with your sight and your senses at this point. But it is already here. Like the vibrational vortex is in the physical. It is here mixed in with our everyday lives. And it is simply about this shift in perception that allows what we want to show up as yeah, like, physical. But like what you're saying too, it's, it's, we think it's not here, but it's saying you just can't, you can't, we can't translate it yet. 
Yeah. And the only way that we could see it is if we get in a good place. Because sometimes we think, oh, I have to work harder, or I have to be more conscious, or I have to do something in order to see it. No, it's here, but we can't see it until we raise our vibration. We can't see it. Like they talk about the radio tuner. You know, it's really making fine-tuning, tuning in and making that connection. And it's the same way. It's not that anything is missing or being withheld from us, but we're not going to – just like we can't receive something until we're receptive. Absolutely. And this idea of, like they were saying, stop trying to even get in the vortex. When you try Mm -hmm. to get into the vortex, you're basically telling the universe you're not there. So Mm -hmm. stop trying. And I thought, isn't that interesting? It's our natural knowing to be high-vibrating beings. So even when we try to be affirmative, when we try. (laughs) Yeah, but the message is always the same. It feels like it's like less, less. (laughs) you're still working too hard you you thought you were backing off and now you're just focused on the vortex you're not focused on anything else but you're still working too hard (laughs) it's my new deeper letting go you thought you were letting go no you weren't you weren't letting go we're going to go deeper people deeper letting go right go by an ice and come you know (laughs) (laughs) this is the dlglg deeply let go like god deeply let go and then they also talked about in this segment how 100 percent of your efforting should be done in the vortex but then they said that doesn't even make sense because when you're in the vortex you don't effort so basically there's never an excuse for everything because we don't do it when we're out of the vortex because it's not going to get us into the vortex and when we're in the vortex there's no such thing as efforting that was kind of interesting i like that too because i certainly enjoy being carried by the next and the next and the next rather than this idea of having to weed whack it into place. You know, mm-hmm. it, it really keeps, they keep combining this idea that we know how to do this. We've just picked up some false premises and we have to let it go. Uh, one of my favorites this week, and I've been listening to one of the the latest workshops is they, one guy had sat in the chair and, and talked about, you know, what is our responsibility to mother earth? you know, um, and how are we to be good stewards of Mother Earth? And it was really interesting that Earth Day is happening and, you know, we're kind of focused on on the planet. And what he had said right before he asked that question is he said, you know, I'm really getting that I it's not my job to control people, right? They said that. And then he said, what is our responsibility mm-hmm. to Mother Earth? Which was really how do I make people control? How do I control yeah. people so that they take better care of they the Earth? They do the right thing. Was, yeah. <laughs> and According to him. Yeah, they completely, you know, picked on them about that. It's like, well, you're still trying to control people. But what they said, uh, one sentence that really tripped my fancy is Mother Earth is always in the vortex. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. I love that idea. I mean, of course, they say, really, really? I mean, who put the stars in perfect proximity? Yeah. <laughs> Did you do that? You know what I mean? Like, who do you think makes the sun come up every day? Did You can't effort enough to make that happen. You know, they always say, you know, as brilliant as you are, you people haven't figured out how to put enough dirt together to launch it into orbit. So this idea, too, that Mother Earth is always in the vortex and that it has powers and knowing that we have not even begun to tap into. And they were talking about how um, there are more elements you know, we have an elemental table. We think we've discovered mm-hmm. all the elements. Well, we haven't. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know the depth of the elements that we have. 
they were telling us that there is so much more to even that which is present and we'll be discovering it more and more deeply. Um, and then at the same time, I attracted this week um, a segment on TED, T-E-D, which is this um, TED.com, which are these brilliant minds who speak uh, uh, speeches about different types of, of um, intellectual ideas. And I stumbled onto this one woman who was a scientist and was studying this idea of biomimicry, which is a new wing of science where they watch nature and they learn from nature in how to build sort of the the newest technology and how to support our planet. And one example was they were watching this beetle that lived in a very dry climate. But the beetle had on the back of its legs the ability to take air and convert it to water. And so they were watching this beetle and they were able to kind of look at it as a blueprint to figure out how to start converting fog and, and air into water for drought ridden. I mean, you just, you know what I wow. mean? I yes. Think there it is. There it is. Well, in yeah. a way that the Abraham thing always ties in too is like how these desires get launched. You know, like I'm thinking we'll discover these elements when there's a need to discover it because then the desire gets launched and then the solution will show up. It's so wonderful, and it's so exciting yeah. to sort of look at the solutions rather than arguing for what's going wrong. Um, another great story was they were talking about the shark. They were studying the shark because it doesn't have any barnacles or any kind of bacterial growth on it like some of the other animals, and so it stayed really clean. And so they started to study the very, very skin of the shark, and they saw that there was this pattern, this woven pattern that repelled bacteria. And so what they did now is they're making cloths and mattresses and things for hospitals. Wow. That repel <laughs> bacteria. I mean, it was, and we're learning this from the Earth, from Mother Earth. I mean, this is all in the vortex, right? But we just need to slow it down, you know, drop, watch, and listen, and show and sort of see the depth of the abundance that is here. Yeah. And I just, I love hearing about that, you know, that even our biggest problems um, in the same venue, I was reading about a mushroom that they had discovered that was in a toxic waste area. And they found that the mushroom was able to absorb the toxic waste and still be edible. Mm-hmm. We just don't know the depth of the possibility. And we need to stop arguing for our limitations. Well, you know, when you're hearing you tell the stories, too, it just makes me laugh. Like, And we're running around like, oh, my God. Like we're so focused on what's wrong, but it really is that thing of we're looking at appearances. You know, we're looking at the physical plane and not the desires. And isn't that the same with our life? That if we're running around only looking at what is, Mm -hmm. only what has appeared to be, we're Mm -hmm. really running around like a chicken with our head cut off and we're never going to be able to find the solution there. You know, this whole idea of slowing down and knowing that the solution is here, but we have to let go of the problem in order to hear it. It's so elegant and so perfect and so scientific. I like what they say, too. What is that? that By the time it's old news? Yeah. So there's things like, by the time it's manifest, it's old news. And I was doing that with my tax tax return, too. That's so good. So the things that I wasn't thrilled about, even where I spent more money, where I didn't, you know, or whatever, I kept saying, old news, old news. (laughs) I so love that. Irrelevant, old news. And it's true, though, because the power is in the moment today. What's going to happen today, this moment, not what happened in 2010, so true. I love that empowerment. So if you want to know what your bank account's going to look like in a year, how are mm-hmm. you feeling today? Yes. If you're looking you at what is, 
How do you feel? Is it making you happy? Do you feel joyful? Or is it like, (laughs) And, you know, and this is, again, really practical, as we talked about before, is that you will be given ideas, inspirations, things to act on that will make the difference on a day-to-day basis for all that you're wanting. And it really is a matter of trusting it. Well, we've come to the end of our don't do be hour. (laughs) And I want to say thank you, Janice, as always. It is so fun to sit on the porch with you and kick around these ideas. I always feel so inspired. Thank you. Janice's website is www.receiveyourlife.com if you'd like to get her book. And she's got some wonderful ebooks and opportunities for you to engage her um, with her, her emails every week. So please do that. You again have been listening to Everyday Attraction. Our whole intent here is to have a good time, but to have a good time and hope that your, uh, the opportunities that you heard this hour are inspiring and engaging and exciting. And I want to say thank you to our sponsors. 12radio.com. We love you and we really appreciate all that you do to support the show. And we also want to say thank you to Send Out Cards, our other appreciation sponsor. If you're looking to appreciate and be inspired, go to sendoutcards.com forward slash attraction and really get into the energy of knowing that all is truly well. It has been my pleasure to be with you this hour. And just remember that life is really, really good unless you have other plans. Take care. Welcome to the Law of Attraction card reading. Today's card tells us, My career is one of creating a joyful life experience. If your dominant intent is to feel joy while you are doing the work, your triad of intentions Freedom, growth, and joy will come quickly and easily into alignment. See your career as one of creating a joyful life experience. You are not a creator of things or a regurgitator of what someone else has created or a gatherer of stuff. You are a creator, and the subject of your creation is your joyful life experience. This is your mission. This is your quest. This is why you are here. Your career is one of creating a joyful life experience. This is Charcel reminding you that like attracts like. And that today is sunny with possibilities. Bye-bye. for joining us on everyday attraction where the law of attraction gets real join ray every friday at noon central time on unity online radio for more ways to align with your source and start living the life you intended to live everyday attraction is recorded live on thursdays at noon pacific time on 12radio.com and blogtalkradio.com 
This program is generously supported by sendoutcards.com slash attraction. Live in the power of appreciation. Send out a card today. www.sendoutcards.com slash attraction. And by 1-2 Academy. Reach unlimited horizons from your living room. On the web at www.12academy.com. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Circe points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. 